the Super Bowl for the commercials because they just want to see how crazy and goofy some of those commercials are. But here's a synopsis of the Super Bowl. Check it out. 80-plus thousand people are at that stadium. I don't know how many the stadium holds. Desperately, who need exercise, are watching 22 men who desperately need rest. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's so easy to be an official from our, our easy chair, isn't it? Someone once said there's two kinds of people in the world, drivers and passengers. The driver's in charge of where he goes. If he gets off track, he can get the car back on track. He just simply follows the road map. And the passenger's just there kind of for the ride, unless you're one of those driving passengers or backseat drive. Nobody knows anybody like that. Turn here, stop, go, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but for the most part, they, just, they reach their destiny because the person driving takes them, and it may not even be their destiny. So I ask this question, which are you? Jesus experienced a lot of, I mean, how many knows that God on foot had a lot of stuff happening? A lot of pressure, a lot of stuff. I need you to do this. Can you imagine how many people, they just wanted to use what God was doing? Now think about it. I mean, you know, you might say, well, Brett, you want to restate? I don't want to restate that. I'm just saying there are people out there, they just want, they, they like you for what you can do for them. So we, we, we live in a world like that. But so, uh, you know, you know there's people that don't really love God, don't care to change their life uh, or their way of life. But if you can help them, hey, why not? Jesus is bigger than that. And he wants us to be bigger than that. But sometimes we wrap ourselves around what's in our sphere, what's in our influence. We don't really understand a lot of things until it hits in our world. You know, it, it's one thing, we're praying for so-and-so because we need healing. But when that something happens in your sphere, now it becomes real. So then that feeling of, man, I'm just, I feel overwhelmed and, and stuff happens and I get it. I did a series and I, I mentioned it last week. I don't know if I'll recreate it and redo it again. But, you know, Joseph went through all kinds of tests. All kinds of things happened to him. His brothers threw him in a pit and all that kind of stuff. So I was going to call the series, Pit Happens. Because in life, there's stuff that you just, sometimes you just fall in. Have you ever driven your car and then you found out that there was a speed bump there after you went over it at about 35? <laughs> or those tracks are rough, probably shouldn't have did that. Those kind of things. So, I, you know, if we could help today to help us. Jesus, he experienced enormous stress. But in spite of all of that, he didn't lose his peace. He didn't lose his sense of balance. He didn't lose who he was. So how do we do that? How do we apply that? If we can find out what really, to grab a hold of that prince of peace, then we could say goodbye to a lot of stress. This is what we do. Is this not true? This is going a little different than first service, but don't we come to God? We, we do our diligence to come to him. Lord, I need you to take this. I just need you to take this. And we drop it right at his feet. It's just like if this was a suitcase. Here, you take it. Just do something with that. It's right there. It's right by your left foot. You see it? It's right there. Are you, well, if you're not going to do anything with it, we'll pick it right back up. Because we want everything on our timetable. Say amen to that. We want to be selfish, but that's true. We, you know, we want it, and we want it now. It's my money, and I want it now. Jesus isn't J.G. Wentworth. But what we allow or don't allow in our mind, what we think on or don't think on, what we allow to occupy our mind and occupy who we are. As a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. So we have authority. 
We have authority to do what we're supposed to do. We have to take, that's why Jesus says, take those thoughts captive. You know why you have to take them captive? Because they don't want to be caught. The enemy wants to just throw stuff at you. You're going to have to take, you're going to have to cast those down. It's going to take an action step. Take them captive. Cast those down. You are bigger than that. Think on these things. It's going to take something that you must do to involve God. Help me today. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Here's our first thought this morning. Jesus knew this, but you need to know who you are. I don't need to see your driver's ID. Yes, this is my name, and I live at this address. I don't need to see that. You need to know who you are inside, spiritually. 18 times Jesus publicly defined himself. There was no doubt in his mind who he was and why he was there. Who, you know, who he is and, and what he was supposed to do. He knew. Do you know who you are? Quit trying to be somebody else. Sometimes we just play the part. We're all been, we've all been kids. Sometimes I've had people, I just don't like children. Well, you were a children once. <laughs> Everybody was a kid at one time or another. But, you know... We all know, if you were a kid and you grew up in church, my kids, they knew. You could all probably recite the prayer. Say the prayer. Well, say the prayer. They could tell you the prayer. This is when you raise your hand. This is when you say this. Do you, I mean, half the time, they just do it. Do they even believe what they're saying? They don't even know. This is, that's routine. That's good. That's exactly what it is. What happens when stuff just becomes routine and we just don't give it any stock anymore. What if God was saying, you know what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that life is something you have to live all the time. People will follow somebody that's genuine. Rather than someone who thinks they're always right. I got that from Craig Rochelle. People will follow somebody that's genuine. In other words, somebody that just says, you know what? I don't have all of this figured out. I make mistakes, but at least I'm figuring this out as I go. And if I do something right, check it out. If I do something wrong, check it out. Maybe you don't have to do the same wrong thing I did. People are looking for people that will be real. Nutrisystem. You can get on Nutrisystem. I lost, and they already look like Barbie or Ken. Show me some fat people. I mean, is that right, right? I'm like, come on. Yeah, you look great. I took this liposine. Now, this isn't even, I don't know where I'm going with that, so I'll get off that. I'm just, yeah. oh, well. Here's our second thought. Moving along. Know who you want to please. Why do you do what you do, and who do you do it for? There's some things that, you know, that I know as a father, when I became a father, there's, I got to do this, why, for my children or for my wife. There's things I have to do, and the, here's the reasons. But, I mean, who are you inside, and why do you do what you do? What is your why? Some, so many people are just trying to please somebody else. And that person can't change your situation. You know, especially like it comes to giving people, I have, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Nobody wants to talk about money. They don't like the preacher to talk about money, heaven forbid. Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven and hell. But what we have to understand 
are, are these things. You know, General Electric or whatever is not going to change my life. Columbia Gas isn't going to change my life. They're bills, and I need to pay them if I, if I have a house. But I need to start prioritizing, God, how do I get my life in order? Why do I do what I do? John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Jesus is talking here, but he never let fear or other people manipulate who he was and what he came to do. I got this from Joyce Meyer. No one can pressure you without your permission. If you get mad, you chose to get mad. There are people out there, and we all know them, there are people out there that will just pick at you like a scab just to see if they can get you to pop. You must give permission if you're going to blow it in pressure. You, God has a way that he can help you. How many knows you can't please everybody? Jesus didn't please everybody. They didn't go and crucify him because they liked him. Hey, he's great. Let's kill him. They didn't do that. You know, think about all these great apostles. Look at, you know, Paul and and all of uh, the disciples, man, they stoned them, they crucified them. I mean, they dipped them in oil. They had all kinds of stuff. That looks something to look forward to. No. You cannot please everyone. You've got to start saying, God, what do you want me to do? Here comes our third thought. You have to know your goals and make them clear. John 8, 14, Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from, I know where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. Jesus said, I know where I came from, I know where I'm going. He knows where he's going. He's telling us about vision. Do you know where you're going or are you just going to exist? There's things that are going to happen in your life. If you don't make any plans to change them, don't do any action steps to take care of that, then five years from now you'll be looking at the same situation, perhaps even worse because you've done nothing with it. See how quiet it is? But it's true. You know, we moved into a, a new house nine months ago or so, and, and we have things that we want to get done. Here, we wanted to do this. We wanted to, here's, and so we started prioritizing what we wanted to do in the house. We wanted to paint the ceiling. We wanted to do this because the ceiling was black. I didn't like a black ceiling. We wanted to paint this. This one was dark brown. We wanted to do that. We, you know, we have these projects that we wanted to do. We had another project that my wife, she just was amazing in the breakfast nook, the wallpaper and everything. She wouldn't let me help her. She was just, I don't know. It was like her own personal thing. I want to do this. Let me help you. No, I want to do this. And I mean, it was a job. And she worked at it and worked at it. Now the breakfast look, looks, it looks amazing. And there were some cabinets in there that needed painted. She decided yesterday, I'm finishing that. I'm going to get to that in just a second. And I'll tell you some of that story about it. But it had got to her enough that she said, I'm done. I'm finishing that project it keeps looking at me and it's mocking me she didn't say that but that's what she's saying it's just talking oh finish it it's hanging over my head it's looming over there let me just say this preparation prevents pressure procrastination produces it preparation prevents pressure procrastination produces it procrastinators unite tomorrow you know, all the people in there, wait, uh, tomorrow, they're procrastinating. But if we prepare, 
and you know where you're going, you can start making things happen. If you're saying to yourself, this will never happen for me, I'll never do this, listen how you talk. But if you take some action steps with today, I can help you reach those goals by the grace of God, and you can get to where you want to be. But if you don't know where you're going, how are you ever going to know if you get there? If you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. But you could miss things. That's why Pastor Kim and I are pushing vision boards. Everything on our vision board has come to pass. It's all happened. I mean, it's just that's how it is. Now we have stuff. We had stuff where both of us. But now we have different things. So I went, I mean, they're still good, but just like some of my personal things, some of her personal things. And we have some stuff on there for both of us. So I went and I made my own vision board. It's in my garage. And hers is in the bedroom. So she has where she can see hers. I see mine. We put it in front of our face. Without vision, the people do what? They perish. I have people ask me, are these sometimes, I mean, what are they? Are they all spiritual? Uh, No. Unless you call a Starsky and Hutch Torino spiritual. I can make it spiritual. People will see me by the grace of God. But what I'm telling you is it's amazing when we put our hand to it. God will give you the desires of your heart, but he has to be number one. Here's number four. Know what to do first. Focus on one thing at a time. Paul says this one thing I do. Not 10, not 12, not these 50, but here's one thing I do. Priorities. Luke 4, 42 and 44 Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave him. But he replied, I must preach the good news, the kingdom of God in other towns, because that's why I was sent. So he continued to travel, preaching throughout Judea. Now listen, Jesus knew why he came. He knew what was going on. There's people that are saying, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay here. You're a good thing. This is good what you're doing. Stay here. And he gets it, and he's, he's not, he knows who he is, but he knows why he was sent. So he says, I, here's why I came. This is the job. I got to do that. So I can't stay, but I got to do this. I'm sure he did it lovingly and all of that, but sometimes if we're not sure what we're going to do, somebody else can tell you something else to do, and it might not be part of the plan. Listen to the Lord and start asking, what could I do? What could I do? How many in here are good multitaskers? Don't raise your hand. That is not me. I'm working on it. I'm getting better. But it's, you know, sometimes some people are better at multitasking than others. But um, sometimes it's just busy work. Have you ever done stuff that just keeps you busy, but it really doesn't accomplish anything? You ever feel like the guy on the show, you ever watch uh, Ed Sullivan or Lawrence Welk? Some of you don't know who those people are. If I said Johnny Carson, some of you don't know. Anybody? Okay, so... You know, the guy that juggles the plates, puts them on the, the rod and spins it, and then he runs over and spins this until this one's wobbly and he runs over. Does that feel like your life sometimes? That feels like mine sometimes. I, I'm like, I, I can't. And there's other people that are just like have no problem spinning two or three plates. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Give me the one plate, man. I'll be all right. Jesus knew how to handle interruptions. He knew how to do all that because he knew his primary goal. First things first, God is the finisher. If you don't finish or you won't finish, how can you enjoy the fruit at the end? Remember I told you the story last week of the people that were going to climb the mountain and halfway up in the mountain, there was that great restaurant. They went to the restaurant, had some coffee or hot cocoa, ate some food, and the rest said, you know what, this is good enough. I don't need to go to the top. But there were some 
you know, and there were very few then, but over half, over half said, I'm not going to the top now. And the rest went to the top. That feeling of getting to the end, the others will never know because they didn't. They can say whatever they want, but they didn't complete the course. Ask yourself, are you a finisher? Thought number five, you cannot do everything. If I would do everything at True Life Church, I will be the lid on True Life Church. In other words, it won't grow past me. And this church isn't about me. This is about Jesus. But if I have to do everything, if I have to be the one that unlocks the door and locks the door and and runs every ministry and does this and does that, we can't get anywhere. You You know what my job is? Make disciples. Empower people. And so that's what we're, you know, and this year, that's what we, we've had staff meeting. We're going to have more. Um, I'm excited about what's coming uh, on our Wednesdays, all these things. That we, and we'll be, we'll be revealing all that stuff to you. But we're going we're gonna to believe God for great things. How many knows that God has great, he's got great destiny for all of us? But we need some things. We need, we need moves of the spirit. We need God. We need in, in our leaders. We need to empower our leaders to find how real God is so that they can empower their teams. Jesus took help too. He took 12 disciples to do the work of the kingdom. You know, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Batman had Robin. Laurel had Hardy. I said that first service. And there were three stooges. We don't need to use those as analogies, but certainly. Here's the deal. God has your answer. So we have to, again, as Joyce Meyer would say, go to the phone or go to the throne, not the phone. We don't have to find out every, what does God say about it? My wife is very good at that. I'll say, we need to do this or what, and she'll say, what does God say about that? So if we get the answer from God or we get a piece in a direction from God, we have to seek him. Jesus always found a daily quiet time to pray and get things out and get things off of him you just pray when trouble comes or just pray on sunday you're going to feel overwhelmed i guarantee it if this is the only time that you you ever visit god and i I mean i'm glad that you're here but i'm just saying you're going to feel overwhelmed because life still happens monday through saturday last i looked here's our last thought for this morning um well and i've got a few more things right after that but no you need downtime if you never have any fun you don't have any way to release anything to have some fun. I mean, maybe you have a hobby. Maybe, you know, maybe the gym is your downtime. But, I mean, do you ever laugh? The Bible says laughter is like medicine. Our family likes to laugh. We have a lot of fun laughing, sometimes at each other's expense. And I will share some of those with you in a second. But sometimes just having that balance is the key to stress management. In other words, you know, there's time that you have to work. You could work, 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 work. But boy, what if you could just go and have some fun? You need to give yourself permission just to laugh and have fun. How many have ever felt guilty because you're doing something fun? Me. Great. I'm just, I'm just being real. Sometimes, how many ever felt guilty because you've worked hard and you're resting and you feel guilty and the enemy pounds on you? You shouldn't be, boy, you're lazy. Boy, you're, anybody? Yes. But it's just amazing because why? He knows in that rest you can find peace. When we find Christ, that's why he tries to keep you busy. 
If you're always serious and you're, you're unemotional, you're living overwhelmed. Stress and frustration seem to go hand in hand. They're different, but they still go hand in hand. You know, and, and frustration is just, it just pounds at you because it just feeds stress. Every time I try this, it fails. I can't do anything right. Nothing ever works for me. I'll never have a house like that. I'll never do this. I'll never have a car like that. I'll never be debt free. My family was always this way. Blah, 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 blah. I can't lose anyway. I can't do that. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. It works for others, but it doesn't work for me. Listen to yourself talk. I'm going to give you some steps, real quick steps, on handling frustration to help stop you from getting overwhelmed. Just things that you could practically do. Things that you could put in place. Turn around, give your neighbor a high five and say, here we go. You got to ask yourself this. If you're getting really frustrated, you're feeling really overwhelmed, ask yourself, did I cause it? There are people that cause their own stress. We don't have any money. We don't have any money. You know, I've helped people find money. We don't have any money. I have nothing. We're flat broke. But you go to Starbucks twice a day. Make your own coffee. (laughs) Until you get on your feet. Because if you're spending $5 a a crack every time you go. And you're spending $10 a day. And you go five days a week. That's 50 bucks a week. That's $200 a month. I just found you $200. Go get some coffee and make it at home. That'll help you. It'll relieve some of the stress. I can't do anything. I can't. We don't have any money to do anything. But you eat out all the time. Stop eating out. Find ways to cut some corners. Don't have to do it forever. But give yourself some balance. I had a guy that just, you know, we have people, oh, we want help, we want help, we want help. Well, what happened to all your money? Well, we don't have it. What'd you do with it? Well, you know, there were the horse races. I can't help you. How am I going to do that? you got to ask yourself, did I cause it? The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, a man reaps what he sows. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, there is sowing and reaping. If you reap good, you reap good. If you reap bad, you reap bad. If you sow bad or whatever. I mean, it, it is. Other people that don't know God, this is what they call it, karma. What goes around comes around. Well, it's coming around. Sometimes we just bring stuff on ourselves. <laughs> you know, I've counseled a lot of people. I've counseled married couples. But true story. <laughs> she says, we can't get along. He won't do anything. I <laughs> He's an idiot, and I can't stand him, and we can't get along. And he just looks at me and goes. <laughs> so I'm like, you can't, you, you can't say that kind of stuff and then act like he's going to be like, oh, let me help you, my love. <laughs> of course, on the other hand, he's going, rah, 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 rah. He just nags me, yeah, 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 and I'm looking in the corner to find out where her broom is, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> You're like, jeez. You know, some of that stuff happens inside of us, but, we, you know, we cause our own uh, deal. Anyway, here's number two. What can we learn from it? Romans 8, 28 says all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. It says they can work together for our good. So if you've done something, maybe you messed up or whatever, what can you learn from it? Maybe you didn't mess up, but you're walking through some stuff. Then what can you learn from it? If you figured it out, then, then put it to practice. 
God can take a bad thing and, and help you find some good in it. He can make something negative and turn it into a positive, depending on your attitude. We have a lot of people that look at life as half empty instead of half full. Well, I figured it always happens to me. You know, well, hey, you get your wish, you spoke it. If we could change what we say, life and death really is in our mouth. If we can change the way we think and the way we speak, we can change our life. The sand was an irritation that eventually became the pearl. But it'll push you to a new level. You know, something that just really is like, oh, grates me. Did you know that Goliath was David's promotion? I believe we got some Davids in here. In other words, maybe it, you're seeing something or it's happening over. Is it going to irritate you enough that you do something about it? Let me tell you something. If you tolerate it, you'll just live with it. We would never, we would never, we would never, that sounds like my wife, never allow our kids, I would never allow our kids to backtalk, ever. And to, to downplay their mother, she would never let them downplay me. And they're, they're here. You can ask them. They'll tell you. We loved them. We didn't abuse them or anything like that. But this is what we did. You ready for this little secret? We had people that go, you should never do that. That's bad. They'll, they'll get sick. It'll be terrible. And it'll be your fault. Go do it to your own kids. Be quiet. They didn't have any kids, half of them. Anyway. Vinegar. She would take, if they dissed us with their mouth. Now, this is when they were little. So if your kids are 14, 15, probably not going to work. Okay? Just saying. We, we'd, she'd put it on her finger, and, and she'd put it on their, on their mouth, on their tongue or on their lips. Man, they'd be... Now, I grew up with vinegar. My mom put vinegar. I had to eat spinach with vinegar. That's what I'm saying. It's not good. They serve that to people in prisons and everything. Here, vinegar. Give them spinach. Put vinegar on it. I hated it. But anyway, the kids, oh, they'd hate that. So if they ever started something, she'd just pull out that little bottle and just show it to them. This is like Pablo's dog or whatever. They'd see that and be like. They'd stop whatever they were doing because they knew, no, no, we're not going to do So if you tolerate it, you deserve it. David said, listen, who's going to shut this giant up? Somebody going to shut him up? Somebody, anybody, and, and, and they're like, his brother, go back to your sheep. David's like, somebody needs to shut him up. Something inside had said, enough is enough. There is something inside of each and every person in the sound of my voice. If you are fighting frustration and being overwhelmed, something is inside that's going to say, enough. I'm done. Stand up and be the person God wants you to be. That was his promotion. You can change if you make the necessary changes. These are what I call destiny decisions. When you are fed up and you have had enough and you make a decision, I'm changing this. I'm done. You know, it t- for real, it took me, and I, there's a lot of things. I made a lot of promises to Kim. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'll do that. And I would lose. How many have ever lost weight, gained it back? I have lost enough weight to put Oprah Winfrey and get her a new account and gained it back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just over and over again. <clears throat> but when Mallory got married, we, you know, and I did that wedding, 
we did those pictures. And, you know, you do the pictures at the wedding. And that picture uh, was one that I was just like, oh, my. Oh. And how many know that when we look at ourselves, we don't see ourselves a lot of times the way that then you see a picture and you're thinking, something's wrong with that camera. <laughs> they got the fat lens on the camera, don't they? Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, that's, that's the one that had 70 pounds. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I really don't weigh that. Well, that, those are the things where I finally, I said, you know, I got to make some changes. And so I did, and I made some changes and, and lost some weight. So what I'm saying is, see if you recognize this guy. Lost his dad at age 11. He grew up mad and at the world. He was just upset. Went to college upset and just irritated at life and was just causing all kinds of trouble. Ended up getting busted for selling drugs, sent to prison. Decided that wasn't what he wanted when he was in prison, so he organized talent shows, and he was the MC, and he was very talented, and he found out he was pretty funny. He started reading books. He believed in himself. In other words, he knew something else was better than what he was experiencing. He got out, landed a job at a talent agency, turned down a job from Disney, wanted him to be a star on a TV show they had, but he had a dream that he wanted his own TV show, and he had a dream, and that was, that's what was pushing him. And the show was about a handyman who had a TV show. <laughs> and you know him as the tool man, Tim Taylor, but it was Tim Allen. And, and that's what happened. He had had, he made a destiny. Now, 13 years later, check this out. He's starring in the number one TV show in America, as well as written the number one book on the New York Times bestseller list. Plus... He landed the role in the movie, The Santa Claus. Why? Because he had a destiny decision. He had let life overwhelm him, and it took him down this trail, and he finally said, enough is enough. Being frustrated and fed up sometimes can help you make a destiny decision. It's an opportunity to do what God has called you to do. Here's number three. Thank God in the situation. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Every time I say Thessalonians, it sounds like I'm lifting, doesn't it? 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, give thanks. It doesn't say be thankful for. It says in. And that's a big difference. You, you might not be happy about some of the things that happen to you. But in those, can you find good? Could you find something that you could be celebrating? Something that would be thankful in instead of for. Now, I'm not talking about a, a bad event or anything like that. I'm, I'm, nobody's thankful for those. But in that, is there something that you could thank God for? Because your frustration in ways could be a blessing in disguise depending on your viewpoint. Here's number four. Turn this into a funny event. I like this one. This is one of my favorites. But what I'm saying is, again, not a bad event. You can't make a bad event funny. But you can take a situation that things that just happen to you that are out of your control or, or you know, a screw-up or something, and you can make it funny. Now, here's the reason. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. A good sense of humor is a great antidote for anger and frustration. If you can laugh at yourself, you don't really carry the baggage of that all the way with you because you've laughed at it. It doesn't hold you back or weigh you down. Can you say amen to that? So if you, just understanding those things, something that maybe you don't, you're not happy with or something that happened that you don't like, there's all kinds of stories I have. 
There's all kinds of fun things. I've told you the stories of, of my mother and the seagulls. Now, I'm laughing at it because it didn't happen to me, so let's make fun of her, okay? Come on. So I mean, she caught a seagull with her fishing pole. And I think vengeance was on their mind. And from that day forward, anytime we were outside, this is, I mean, almost true. My sister's here to clarify and to say this is true. We'd be in a boat. I'd be talking to my dad or something, turn around. My mom has been like pilot to bombardier. Seagulls have flown over and just <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And she's just been tattooed with seagull poop. <laughs> Nobody else but her. We came out of the cabin. We're going to go out to eat. At, we're on vacation. We're all happy. We're going out to eat. We turn around, we say something to somebody, turn around to my mom. She's got seagull poop running down her face, hit her head, on her shoulder. We're laughing so hard, we can't hardly stand it. And she's just like, I'll be back. So she has to go in and clean up, but we are, we are having a good time. There's things that, that, that we've done that, that have happened to me. That, you know, I think I'm entertainment for heaven. And I, I think the angels love to watch me because I make them laugh. But, you know, we've done all kinds of different things. I've been, we've been in, uh, if you go to Amish country um, near Berlin, there is a place, and it's just an idea, it's called, if you Google Mary Miller's cabins, they're rustic cabins, and at the time we stayed, they were only like $35 a night, and they're just like a log cabin, and you can stay, and in the morning, you can hear the horses clip-clop down, the, I mean, it's kind of cool, but just, you know, I don't know what they cost now, they're probably more than 35 but there's no indoor plumbing. There's a reason they're only so much. And, you know, my wife's idea of camping is, like, not that. <laughs> and there's an outhouse, although they were clean outhouses, but how many ladies in here prefer not to go in an outhouse? Even if you're a guy, I don't want to go in an outhouse. But anyway, that was all that you had, and they were community ones. That's fun. <laughs> so I come out of the outhouse. Not that you need that word picture, but it's dark. It's been winter and snowy, and I'm coming around to our cabin, and there's ice on the sidewalk, so I'm watch, walking very gingerly. My dad comes around the corner with his flash camera and goes, bitchy, 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 like he's some paparazzi. I can't see anything. I start sliding. I slip down the thing, fall over the hedge, and fall in the snow to everybody is cracking up, except me. Now I'm wet, and I'm blinded. But because it was funny, you know, I could look at that as like, Dad... What are you doing that? I mean, had it been on the other foot, I don't think he would have thought it was funny. <laughs> Just saying, he's in the other room now, so I'm safe. But he probably wouldn't have laughed. But, I mean, make things fun because you don't carry baggage that way. If you can turn it and you can laugh about it, you can learn from it. Come on. I mean, the house we had before this one, last story, and then I'll move on real quickly. Um, Maddie was coming out to the car, and it was icy again. She was eating yogurt. And she was coming to the car, and I'm parked this way, so she's like, she's got to walk around the car. The next thing I know, she's gone. All I saw was her ankles. And then, boom. And the next thing I see was a yogurt thing smacking up against the house, and her going, stupid yogurt. No, the yogurt had nothing to do with her falling. But I was laughing so hard, I just wanted to make sure, are you, are you okay? <laughs> And she's like, oh. well, now she laughs about it because it's funny. But again, you know, the enemy would like to take some of those things with you and then make yourself feel like you're a loser. You're, no, but life just happens. 
So if you can laugh your way through some of those things, you don't carry any baggage, frustration leaves, and you end up making it a funny time instead of a sad time. Here's the last thing, uh, and I forgot to say this in the first one. You gotta, you gotta love. So if you wanna not be overwhelmed, there are gonna be people in life that will hurt you. It's just the fact. You know, you might have to start singing that song. You know, if they continually hurt you, you might have to start saying, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Of course, if they're your kids, I can't help you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you're going to have to learn to love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Love will help you. And, you know, Kim and I still have to practice this. We're not perfect. You know, sometimes we'll say things, or I'll say things, and I didn't mean them the way she took them, or, you know, she didn't mean it the way I took it. And we'll have to clarify that. I didn't mean it that way. Well, that's how it came out. Well, that's not what I meant. But isn't that like the enemy? He's going to throw that lie. But if you live in love, and you think the best of each other, then you start realizing, that's not what she meant. I'm not going to believe that. And within minutes, that whole relationship can be restored. But you got to love. And, and sometimes we say things that we really didn't mean, but we were hurt. You ever try, you know, they used to say if a dog's hurt, don't pet a dog that's hurt because it'll bite you. Sometimes we're hurt, and so we just snap. We say something, we don't really mean it, we didn't put any thought behind it. There's not any depth with it, but it's just like, I'm hurting and... Ugh. Forgiveness is part of love. If you love someone, you're going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to. So I challenge you today, if you're feeling overwhelmed, let God show you in just some of these ideas that there is light at the end of the tunnel. This could be your best year. You could make a destiny decision, just like Tim Allen. Do you know Steve Harvey? You know the, the uh, African-American, the black comedian? At school, like in third grade or something, they told him, they said, everybody bring a pic, you know, write something down of what you want to be. He wrote down he wanted to be on TV. And the teacher told him, do you know anybody on TV? He said, no, ma'am. Do you have any friends on TV? No, ma'am. Do you have any relatives? No, ma'am. You're never going to be on TV. Go home and write something else. Bring it back tomorrow. How rude. He went back and showed his dad. Thank God for dads. His dad said, don't you listen to her. You read that every night before you go to bed, and you read it every morning when you get up, and you thank God that you'll be on TV. Look at him today. He's on TV. One of the biggest comedians ever. Hosts all kinds of different shows. What am I telling you? I'm telling you destiny awaits you. You can be overwhelmed, or you can just let God give you a helping hand, because he's there to do it. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, as you have so demonstrated your love by sending your son. The prayer team is up here just to stay and help. If anybody needs prayer, as soon as I'm done or whatever, they're, they're here just to minister and believe with you. But if your head's bowed, your eyes closed in our online group, if you're here and you're watching us, 
and you're saying, you know what, Brett, that's me. You need to make Jesus number one. Or maybe just renew your relationship with him. We'll say this prayer, and you can say it right online as well. Just put your hand up wherever you're at. Anybody at all? Yes. Let's say this together. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. Help me to love my life and live it to its potential. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you made that decision,